Imagine you're born with a gift, a gift that comes to fruition as you get older, a gift that allows you to see and hear the other side. What happens when that gift reveals information to you? Information about murder. Tonight, Bill Hall, our guest, is in a unique position. He knows what this is like. He's living it. And he's helping others to try to solve cold cases. Tonight, murder and the medium. Right here, when we return to the best in paranormal podcasting, this is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. little darklings and again thank you very much for joining me spending some time here in the paranormal 60 and tonight we've got an interesting show a little later on in tonight's program i'll also be opening up the mailbag of the macabre and i'll be going through some of your questions that you've been sending in looking for some insights and i'll do my very best i don't say that i'm an expert on these different topics but i will give you the best advice I possibly can with the information and knowledge I have. Speaking of knowledge, are you an Unex subscriber? If not, log on to unexnetwork.com and sign up for a free subscription right there on the main page of the site. And once you're a free X subscriber, you'll receive the monthly Unex newsletter, the X blog access, and get the full quarterly Unex magazine digital copy. How much? all free. That's right. Every bit of it is absolutely free. So go to the unxnetwork.com, U-N-X-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com and become a free X subscriber today. You'll be glad you did. I want to remind everybody we've got the Hell in the Cell match coming up between Shane, the Razorball Pittman and Dave Schrader, Chris Fleming are, no, we're not doing a wrestling match, but we are going to have a lot of fun investigating the most haunted prison in the United States. And I've investigated a lot of prisons, kids. And let me tell you, Joliet blew me away in every way, shape, and form. Physical manifestations, we were able to hear direct voice phenomena, direct audio phenomena. We collected amazing EVP. There are photographs, there is video, and we're going back with Shane Pittman and myself from the Holzer Files. Chris Fleming is going to join us, and you might recognize him from every paranormal TV show, because at one point or another he has made his way there if you want to join us tickets are available for one or two day events so you can do either friday or saturday or get the vip ticket and get to go both nights if you're interested go sign up there's very few that still remain and we want to make sure everybody gets a chance to go to the hell in the cell at joliet state prison it is amazing and truly one of the coolest experiences i've had in a long time ghost hunting and that says a lot hey later on this week We've got a special correspondent joining us. Paranormal Karen will be live in studio with Eric Folsom, myself, and the Colonel Marty Vaez as we talk about the Devil's Tomb and the Hissing Witch edition. A lot of other strange stories coming in this week. And if you notice that you've got some weird story of paranormal curiosity, supernatural conundrum, or very bizarre conspiracy theory, 
going on near you and it appears in your local news, email me a link, dave at paranormal60.com. That's dave at paranormal60.com. You can become an active part of the show by giving me those news stories. You can also email in your questions or your own private moments with the supernatural i want to hear your stories we want to share them we want to hear your questions we want to be involved with you as much as you are with us so thank you very much and with that said as well mash that like button if you're watching live on our youtube channel make sure that you like this even if you're watching it on the facebook streams however you are watching this let the world know about it feel free to share it as well we appreciate that let's get to it our guest is here and bill hull sent me this uh beautiful email kind of introducing me to him and his abilities and this chaotic story bill welcome to the show <laughs> thank you so much dave I'm, I'm very glad to be here today you know i think that was the giddiest opening i've ever seen from a man who looks like he might beat everybody up in a bar i'm just going to be honest about <laughs> hey, that you, you know what i can still do that and smile and laugh at the same time <laughs> To be honest, with you. I absolutely love that. Hey, now you are former military, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about your service? Uh, yes. Uh, so from 2008 to 2019, I served as an active duty army officer. I entered college and signed a contract with ROTC and partnered with the Pennsylvania National Guard. So basically that, that allowed me to receive bachelors. Uh, I train in the morning. I did that for four years, trained during summers, um, and then for about five years, I was an infantry platoon leader. So what mm -hmm. that job means is I had a, a, a platoon, a group of about 50 soldiers, and I was assigned um, a striker, uh, armored personnel carriers, and my job was training and placement. Um, basically, I, I was the mama hen. So I, I took care of my soldiers. I made sure that we got up to speed with training. Their 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 life was was in order for them to do their soldiering duties, and and I loved every second of it. Um, I, I came in very healthy, and I was uh, fortunate fortunate enough to retire in 2019 as a 100% disabled veteran. And um, I'm very grateful my, for my service and my soldiers. And and to be honest with you, that the work that I do today, Dave, is an extension of what I did in the military, and it's people skills. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was trained to go to the largest, brightest, scariest place and train those people around me to do so and know that they're going to be safe. And that message that I employed to my soldiers, and they knew that in their heart, is the same thing that I do every day with, with my clients and, and with the people that I see. Amazing. Well, first of all, I want to start off by thanking you for your service to our country. I appreciate that as the father of uh, a couple of military boys and the, the son and grandson of military. I unfortunately had bad knees, a hole in my heart and uh, premature balding. I'm not sure the balding is what kept me out, but uh, couldn't have helped at all. But uh, I appreciate that uh, that effort that you put in. Now, I've got to ask you, how old were you? when you realized these abilities? Were you a child? Yes. So if I go back, um, I, I have a few different abilities just just as, as an individual, as a human. So it's okay. from neurodivergencies. So you would see, mm -hmm. I was a musician, you'd call it perfect pitch. I have synesthesia or synesaptic um, conditioning. So where I, I would read a book and I'll see the print it might be in different colors. So the senses naturally are going to be combined, and, and that is a, 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 an aspect of uh, the Asperger's spectrum. So as a young kid, I showed signs of being gifted, but also having these, these 
across uh, neurosynaptic transmitters. So my memory is very good. And the very first memory that I have, I was probably three or four. I was laying in bed in my father's house at the time my mom and dad were divorced. And I heard a large popping sound. And in front of me was a was a woman with her head down and um, her hair was uh, about down to her belly and she was decomposing. And what I what I got from that feeling was, please help me. I am not in a good state. And my reaction was, oh, my God, Grandma, you scared me. Please go away. And poof, she was gone. So the realizing now that was the woman that was my grandmother who died in the house, my father's house, which eventually we'll speak about later. But that was the original murder victim. And the murder murder victim is was the first spirit that that I ever came in contact with. Um, right around that time, four or five, um, I, I would call I, well, I, I need to ask you, Bill, though, yes. when you spoke to your grandmother, did she recognize you could see her? Um, yes. So there was a recognition and I, and young enough to where I, um, I remember seeing her and freezing and I, I pulled the covers up over my head and then I pulled her, pulled it down just to make sure that, you know, this wasn't an illusion and she's still there. So then I jumped and I startled um, and, and spirits speak uh, telepathically. So she didn't speak with her, um, with her voice Mouth, or, right, right. or audience. I, uh, clairsentience is one of my strongest clairs. And in that sense, she transmitted this feeling of, you know, Hey, Oh my gosh, you can see me. I'm sorry for scaring you, but I need help. And I want to be witnessed. And that was all transmitted in the fraction of a second. And I knew that, that I, a wasn't alone and that um, I had validation that, there was more than just me in this environment. Um, and I was so like, you were almost like Cole Sear from the sixth sense. Then you saw yeah. these people as they were at their death or as they decayed. I mean, th that aspect of it. Yes, very much so. And looking back, I think that was a necessity because unfortunately, you know, some spirits, they do get, get stuck in their death state. And that is a, a very troubled state to be in. And um, in the military, I've been in the position where, you know, you know, my job is to get you to safety. And sometimes it may not be comfortable, but I'm going to do it. And there's an element of suffering that is very important to be managed. And that's what I felt in that moment. And she taught me that in 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 these experiences that, yes, it can be scary, but you know, everything that scares you may not be bad for you. And that and that was the intent that I learned afterwards. And it, it took a while. Um, and that goes back to the aspect of, you know, is this psychic mediumship? Is this, a, you know, is this a sin? Can I only see this? What does this mean for me? You know, right. am, am, I, am I crazy if, if I speak up? Um, and 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 I, I always knew that there were those who can speak to spirits, but mine wasn't directly speaking. So I wouldn't didn't quite understand what a psychic medium was until much sure. later in life, but seeing spirits and feeling them and seeing dark figures and going into places and, and, and buildings and, and, and sites where death, you know, has, has, has been and been felt and, and places of great suffering. It was, it was almost the, the dark aspect that I felt for a long time and, until I integrated. And then it goes, well, right. if, if there's darkness, it's Newtonian physics there's going to be light. You just got to look at it. And and that's the thesis pretty much of, of, of the trip through metaphysics. Now, did your grandmother continue to make appearances as you got older or was she a constant? 
Um, so she, she was periodic. So she, I would call episodic in the big beginning. Um, and she showed up in her death state. She scared me because I, I yelled and I screamed and, and, and she knew not to come to that state because we set our boundaries as psychics. And for me, that was a boundary that she unknowingly crossed. So she would come through by feelings. Um, but around the same time, the let's say, you know, four years old to about 10 to 15, um, I would have the spirit interactions would be of dark figures or I would explain like a like a large arachnid or some type of bug that would crawl from the same side of the room up the ceiling or or different large creatures um and and I would have interactions with these spirits that you know felt like my grandmother but felt a lot worse in a sense that it was you know I could communicate with her but you know not in the manifestation that she came in the beginning if that makes sense and I ask this next question, I hope you understand, not out of disrespect, but to clarify and understand better with our audience. Uh, when you're neurodivergent and you're, uh, you're dealing with that, does that make one prone to what science would call hallucinations? It could. Absolutely. So um, neurodivergence, uh, I am technically on the autistic, uh, autistic spectrum. It is a, a brand of, of a spectrum. And I am in the neuro neurodivergent side where, you know, I have a couple quirks and I was in the gifted side and I like music and perfect pitch. And, you know, I learn languages really quickly. Um, but one aspect of of uh, of my training and my mother was a physician is um, going through the security clearance protocol. So I had a security clearance active for about a decade, um, and I was, in, uh, I was investigated before and after, and I had to go through a large um, psychological workup. So, you know, hallucinations and, you know, any type of, you know, psychological or behavioral health, you know, manifestations that are manifested through hormones or different uh, neurosynaptic mm -hmm. transmitters or, you know, hormone imbalances, that, that wasn't the case because um, – these occurrences basically happened on demand or repeatedly in the same environment. So, you know, it would be a Wednesday or this night and I would feel something bad. And then before I felt something bad, something would happen. And basically there was a, you know, a cause and effect almost to, to the manifestations before I realized that it was me manifesting it and it was my emotions. And um, to give the audience a little further background, um, I left home at 14 for a boarding school. And um, I grew up in a, a very abusive environment and it was, you know, child abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse. And um, when especially through puberty, when you're living in these environments as a as a, you know, a sensitive child, I'm um, an insensitive, meaning empathetic. You know, you have these, right. these psychic skills or, or, or um, abilities. You feel everything. And um, that allowed me to to use that energy to manifest my way out of out of that environment. Mark says neuro D here, too, but I still know what's real and what's not. And sometimes the real is just as unexplainable, which is a great point. Thank you for chiming in on that. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, I, I, I need to ask these these type of probing Please. questions because there'll sure. be a lot of people that don't understand and they'll hear uh, Asperger's and autism. And I have to. Uh, three children that deal with different varying levels of this. And I know what that's like, but a lot of the audience do not. And they think, oh, you're autistic. That means you rock in a corner. You don't speak. They don't realize the the level or your rain man. Yeah. And there are many different variances to this. As a matter of fact, I think science has now found we're all on the spectrum somewhere. <laughs> we all fall into that line. So I, I just want people to be more aware of that and maybe educate yourself on this as well. Um, now being 
gifted like this does it allow you to like do you see auras you said you see colors around words do you see colors around people um i can't so it depends on what environment i'm in and now as a practitioner um i've been doing this professionally for about two and a half years um and before that i've been doing this um i would say um recreationally when it is needed Mm -hmm. And that was because I had a security clearance. I worked for the government and uh, I couldn't talk about my politics um, and I couldn't talk about my spirituality, mostly to my soldiers and whatever I did in my personal life was mine. Um, But now once I have my my retirement, which is on the wall behind me, I don't know if you can see it, but now I'm ready to go and I can talk about whatever I like. Awesome. Um, Now, did you see people that like, you know, being in the military, I've talked to my boys, my father, my my grandfather you know you get paired up with a lot of knuckleheads in the in the military guys that are maybe trying to escape the law and try to get in to do something do you ever encounter people that you were like oh man this uh this guy's just got ick all over him there's just something dark about the soul um yes very much so um and i'm great at identifying that because i was raised in the lion's debt my who my mother is and who i thought my father was had uh demonic intervention and oppression very much so mm-hmm. so and i can see it and the way i see them as dark chakras and they correspond so i can see through to the chakra system and the energetic system and i can see like okay well um this sacral chakra or the solar plexus chakra specifically they look obscured to me so i know that there is an external force obscuring that aspect of their personality so going back to the military absolutely and and when i would see you call it ick you call it negativity you can call it you know uh low vibrational interdimensional oppression is another term whatever you'd like for it but um i could feel it and i could see it and and one of the scariest uh aspects of that is when i had somebody in leadership who made decisions for you know, 50, 150, 1,200 mm-hmm. soldiers, and knowing what is behind their eyes or what is behind them at that moment. So it, my job, I saw it almost with the duality of not only am I charged with my soldiers' safety, but their welfare from from the superiors who may not have their base best interest in mind. Right. Um, and, and that was very difficult because I, I made a lot of hard decisions, and, and my soldiers called me Wild Bill for a reason because they they didn't call me sir i because i'm just like you you call me wild bill because my job is you can either serve two people you serve your superiors and their jobs or you serve your soldiers and mm-hmm. my job was to serve my soldiers and i did it really well and i and i learned to walk if if i really believe in it and i know this is the right answer and everything's telling me no but but if i walk this line i i know i'll be fine and i learned that in the military if that answers yeah. you Tabitha Meadows brings up an interesting point. She goes, boy, I bet all those Claire's sure did help you in the military. <laughs> uh, it did. Thank you, Tabitha. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't talk about it. And you know what? What was interesting, and this is a like like attracts like scenario. So I had soldiers that would come up to me that we shared these very similar qualities, and they'd come up, mm-hmm. to, come up to you and they say, hey, sir, is there something wrong with Sergeant Thomas and maybe I pull him aside and he's suicidal or his wife left him or this is going on. So we would all band together to use our clairs for the highest, greatest good, basically. Wow. That's amazing. That's the men who stared goats done the right way. 
Yes. Right? Tapping yes. into that. CJ asks, um, Bill, have you found a way to turn down these abilities so you don't have to feel or see stuff? I struggle getting control of it, and it's it's exhausting. Yes. Great question, CJ. And this is what I am best at because for years and years and years, I had a, you know, I, I'm, I, I like to consider myself a rocker. I play guitar and I do a lot of music and my amp was turned all the way up to 11 and I just could not turn it down for the life of me until I figured out that there are a few psychic operation procedures that I wrote that I use now. And here's a simple way in your mind. Mm -hmm. You have a, 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 a dial. It's for, you know, those those um, lights that turn up and down. You have a little you have a, it, it swivels. So up to the right, right. Is brighter up to the left is or down to the left is off. So put mm -hmm. a big P on it and imagine that. Visualize that in your brain. And that is your psychic abilities. And when you know you go into an environment where you feel a lot of people, just turn that sucker down to like one or two. And that goes down to boundaries, boundary setting. So all you got to do is say, I have the ability to turn this down a little bit so I'm not burned out so I can use it for my highest good. And, and that's common and, you know, a psychic dimmer very much. I, I, yeah. I see Red Psychic Witch as well, whoever wrote that. So, yeah, that, that that's a good way. All right. Uh, boy, time is slipping away from us here. So let's get into this case that we brought you here for. The contact, this is one of the most personal things in the world. Your grandmother reaches out to you. Yes. And she has a message. What... How did how did she unfold that to you? Did she wait till you got to be an adult or by 10 years old? Did you know there was a murder? I knew something was wrong um, when I would walk into my parents house or they, they, they would never talk about their family. And I walked into the house. It was my father's house. This is where the murder occurred. I just knew they were hiding something. I didn't know what it was and I knew it was wrong. So that's my whole life. And I and I couldn't put a pin on it. I couldn't figure out exactly what it was that didn't feel, mm -hmm. didn't sit right with me. So let's fast forward to 2020, 22, 2022. And I've always had prophetic dreams. Uh, I've been a channeler my whole life where, you know, my voice or another voice will come through and will give me information and I'll follow it or learn to follow it to the right way. And things, things will happen. So uh, I'm having a dream. It's January, 2022. And in this dream, um, it's a portal opens up and basically it looks like a large mirror. And I know now to walk through the portal and I have my guide right behind me. So it's safe to do so. I go up these steps and next to this window is this beautiful woman with blonde hair in a maroon dress sitting next to these maroon drapes in this almost Victorian chair. And I'm, I'm colorblind in real life. So I know it's a psychic hit if I get it in a dream. And she turns to me and she goes, my name is Clara. I am the higher self of your grandmother, Claire. And we've come today to tell you that she was murdered. Your mother is the killer. And your job is to go out to prove it and be great. And as I astral projected back in my body, I could feel her put a stone in my hand. And this stone it looked like an egg and it was smooth and it was red and it had large streaks of what looked like to be gold or bronze in it. And I woke up immediately and I go, okay, all right. Well, I've had dreams before, you know, uh, sure. Okay. You might've been murdered. Let me go ahead and figure. And I did have a grandmother, Clara, 
So what I did, I'm like, well, how, how the heck am I supposed to prove this? What am I special? I heard she died of cancer when she was, you know, in her eighties at her house in 1980. I never met this woman before. I've just seen her in pictures. So. Well, wait, I, let, let's go back. This bombshell is dropped on you that your grandmother was murdered and yes. your mother did it. My mother did it. First, yes. first uh, is the analytical part of the neurodivergence <laughs> trying to break it down into pieces to, to process first. Okay, first of all, I do have a grandmother named Clara. So yes. you're trying to make these pieces fit before you accept everything in total? Yes, like like a regular invest. I investigated the military. You know, mm -hmm. hey, Private Snuffy, did you happen to steal that barrel? And then, and then I look on your Facebook and this and that. And I know how to investigate people, and I've done it for a couple of years, and I'm I'm really good with it. So I sat down, I take this information, and I go, okay, who's the? Um, not only you know your question is okay. Can you imagine your mother being a killer? Um, and seeing what I saw growing up, my mother was a physician. Um, she would talk about her patients in ways that you know the the Hippocratic oath, do no harm. Um, there was just harm. And I, I've had a distrust for doctors and I came out to be a healer specifically, I think, for a lot of reasons, because I felt responsibility for what I saw bad healers do. You know, there's fake doctors and real healers and, you know, you don't have to have a MD to be a healer and you can have an MD and not be a healer. So when right. somebody came up to told me, uh, by the way, your mother killed somebody, I go, well, yeah, pro pro probably. That makes sense. She's done a lot worse things. There's worse things than murder. And I've been on the other side of that. That's why I left. Wow. You know, to be honest with you and your viewers, it, these things happen. There are bad things in right. every single community. And when Clara came to me and she told me uh, about this, I go, OK, well, let me figure it out. I mean, if Dave Schrader came up to me and said something, I'd say, OK, let me figure it out, Dave. Like, all right. You know, this is how I am as a person. I, I took care of soldiers. I'll take care of them. You come to me, I'll do what I got to do. So, well, and it, it says something to the trauma that you lived through that it wasn't a shock. No, that somebody it, told you your mother killed someone. Mm -hmm. That that is heartbreaking to me, just as a human, to hear that aspect of what knowing what you had to live through. That somebody see if somebody dropped a bomb on me now as a ghost comes to me and goes, "Your mom, my mom was a nurse." If if this ghost came to me and said, "Your mom is responsible for my death." I would unravel. I, there would be nothing yeah. left of me. I, I would just be like, what? No, right. no. Because, I, you know, she was the farthest end of the spectrum from that. So to acknowledge that, I mean, I like you, I would begin an investigation to try to understand this. But I, I, I personally just cannot even fathom empathetically what it must be like for the guy that hears this and goes, hmm, sounds about yeah. right. Uh, you know, I appreciate that insight, Dave. You're a very empathetic being, and you can feel that. And uh, as this, I look at this as my job because then I can transmute that trauma. And I, I, man, did I do some heavy crying and some heavy, oh, I bet. heavy reading. And I mean, it, it, it really alchemized. It's Newtonian physics. I had all this bad, so but, uh, man, I made it gold, and that that was my job. But but going back to what you said, um, I I think it. You know, in the universe, this situation had had to had to happen somehow. And there just had to be an environment where a little kid was growing up and, you know, their dad's not their dad and their mom's a, a murderer and they have to know that and then feel it, but not be able to prove it and then prove it and then show others how that's done. So so we'll get back on track here. So no it's the it's the day after 
uh, Clara came to me and I go, okay, well, I mean, my, my mom's a pretty bad person and uh, it is what it is. I call myself an orphan and I left home at 14. So, you know, I'm an Eagle Scout at 15. My job is to go out and just be my own person. And I did it. Mm-hmm. So the voice, I have clear sentience, um, clear cognizance. So I have like a master guide in my voice. who so just kind of, uh, he poses questions. So he, so he says to me, well, you know what? Um, wouldn't your dad, didn't your dad uh, uh, witness the death of his mother? Didn't he talk about her death rattle all the time as a kid, which, which he did. And um, then he said, well, didn't your mom talk about Dr. Kevorkian and euthanasia and, you know, sympathize with death? Well, yeah, that makes sense. So why don't you just give your dad a call and say, hey, did, did mom ever cause anybody to die? They're divorced. But did my mom ever cause anybody to die? Like, did that ever happen? I, I'm worried about this. And I just I had a thought, would you, you know, how do you pose that question to your right. father? Um, right. So I called him up and I said, hey, dad, did, uh, did mom happen to ever, you know, kill anybody back in the day? And he goes, well, you know, your mom killed my mom, right? And I paused and I vomited in my kitchen. Just oh my god! And and I go, well, no, Dad, you know, no, I I didn't. Can you can you explain this situation a little bit to me, please? And he goes, well, she was a physician at the time, and since she was a physician, she knew best. And what happened was, uh, you know, Clara, my mother, speaking as my father, said, um, you know, she's she's on her deathbed at stage four breast cancer. And uh, my mother came into the room to my father and said, you know what? The right thing to do is to have Helen or is to have Clara die today. So what she did is she crushed up morphine sulfate into applesauce and fed it into Clara's mouth, held her nose. And about 30 minutes later, they all watched her die. My mother signed the death certificate um, as the attending physician, which is illegal. Um, so that is an avenue that I'm currently proceeding um, for for prosecution, and uh, um, and everybody covered it up. Um, and unfortunately, during the time of her death, um, Clara uh, left a large estate. So my great grandfather started a a chemical company, and it was worth a whole bunch of money. And they also made asbestos, so it was going away really, really quickly. Yeah, and there was lawsuits, and this was you know late seventies, early eighties. And Clara was the only survivor of, of this estate, of this large company. So at the time of her death, who gets it all? My father and my mother. And she divorces my father a year later, and she gets half the estate. And, uh, and basically, my job, after I proved that this was, this was real, um, I started a, a, a basic an in-person interview with Clara for about a year. Um, and she was very willing to speak to where I would sit down in ceremony as a medium. And I say, OK, you know, the goal that she's giving me is that I have this ability and just to go out and use that. But I also mm-hmm. it's reciprocal. So I want to make sure that the Clara that I know is not the death state Clara when I'm four years old standing at my at my bed. My job, like any person, if it's somebody on the street or a soldier or anybody, if I, I want them to live and not suffer, I don't care if they're dead or alive, right? Right. So that's where I taught Theta, or taught myself different aspects of non-secular healing methodologies. So I wanna find you in your death state offer different types of healing. You can call it Reiki. I do Theta healing. It's, you know, I'm a Reiki master, but I'll heal you up. So 
the the thesis of this story is that the first time I've ever felt a mother's love and and guidance and inheritance and guidance is through Clara after we spent a whole year proving this together. And the thesis is that that love love is the is the unifier that regardless of that my mom killed her and abused me and her dad, you know, her son, who's my dad, did all these things. It's we found each other and we 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 exist as family. I don't I consider her my mother. Uh, how, how old was your grandmother? You said she was in her 80s at this time. Yeah, I think she was like 82 when she died in okay. 1987. Yeah, so I've right. never met this woman, and and mm-hmm. the, the the best part about this is, so now my in real time, um, so I had to investigate my father, so I had to right. go. Well, hold tight. Let's. I have to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll reset. Um, fascinating, terrifying, heartbreaking, and fascinating. Let's let's talk more when we return. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Bill Hall, our guest. Bill, telling a fascinating story about being a a gifted child, given the gift of clairsentience, clairaudience, and and more, and and able to facilitate this throughout his life, utilizing it in his military career and his regular day-to-day life, and in dealing with the traumatic life that he had led up to this point. I we had the reveal that this spirit revealed herself to you as your grandmother, Clara, and had another higher spirit guide of Clara help with this connection. And then they dropped the bomb on you that your mother was responsible for her death. Then you, you get this bit of information and, and on a whim, take it to your father to try to probe, to see if there's anything to this or 
you know, as, as Ebenezer Scrooge said, or is it just a, a bad piece of undigested bread that hasn't gone down, right? And and that's what's causing this. And he he clarifies it. Yes, your mother was responsible for the death of, of my mother. Now, I, I have to ask, 1982, you said this took place when she passed away, correct? 87. Oh, 87. Okay. My mom passed away six years ago this November from lung cancer for, you know, fourth stage lung cancer. There's nothing they could do. Um, her struggling was brutal to see my mom go from this vibrant woman to this shell of what she once was and a slack jaw and tongue drying out and can't speak and so miserable and uncomfortable. I I spoke out to her and said, mom, you can let go. You don't have to do this for me. I, I, this isn't what I want for you to have a life. I'd rather have the good memories of you and not have you so unhappy like this. And I think had somebody come in to me at that moment and said, we can help ease her out. I don't know that I could say no, because it was so devastating to see this. And I know for a fact, my mom would not have wanted to go out like this. So I, I say that, Bill, not trying to heap guilt or, or any kind of uh, undue pressure on you to discuss this, but knowing your grandmother, uh, you know, through spirit, obviously you were too young to know her in, in human form. Are Are you sure she wasn't? A part of the decision are you sure she just didn't want to end this suffering and sickness as there is really no cure once you're that far in especially in 1987 uh fantastic question dave absolutely thank you and i i've uh, that was one of the first questions i asked myself um and thank you also for sharing that that bit about your mother that 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 takes grace and and that's never easy to watch and to live um, so the answer is, uh, you asked the question, did Helen have a decision, to, uh, have a hand in her decision to be killed? And the answer is yes. Every decision that we make, our higher selves have agreed upon. So before she ended up in this body, she made a decision that, that she was going to die this way by my mother's hands. Now, the issue then, being, then there, if let me ask you though, then that makes a, a strange moral quandary, right? Yes. If this is how we selected things, yes, and and this opens up a whole diatribe. We we wouldn't have <laughs> enough time to cover in four hours worth of show if this yes. is the paranormal eight thirty. Um, but if if that were the case, you know, then is it more morally wrong? That's what yeah. she came here with You're that right. option to do. Great, I've asked the same thing. So. How about this? This is Clara's perspective. Mm -hmm. So I was killed when by, let me back up. Clara was killed because she chose to die organically and she seceded to the cancer in her body. She put up a fight. I fought, I fought as hard as I could. And, and, and you won You cancer. Go ahead and take me at the time of my death. I had a, a a bed sore on my leg. I was riddled with cancer. I couldn't feel. I couldn't eat. I had no consciousness, and I probably would have died in a couple of days. But that mm -hmm. was my choice. But when you decide the intention behind when my mother fed her this, this morphine-laced applesauce, the intention behind that was not I'm easing somebody's suffering. What I saw in that moment, because I had to go back and see it for myself, was I'm a brand-new minted physician. I can heal people and I can take lives away. I'm not doing you a favor. Everybody else thinks I'm doing you a favor. 
but guess what? I'm taking your soul. And that's so. So knowing. It was the intent. The nature, the nature of your mother. Yes. Knowing the, that this is this was a slippery slope, a razor blade's edge. She could skate and still make it look as though I get to take a life. Yes. And I get to make it look like I'm doing it as a hero, that I'm yes. doing it to, to end the suffering. To feel what it feels like to take a life. Now, I'm an infantry. Mm -hmm. I'm an infantryman. My job is the vanguard. We're we're the queen of battle. We're the guys that go into go in I jump from planes, I go down the ground. Our job our job is to meet death and the enemy right face to face. And I don't hate him. He doesn't hate me. I'm doing my job. If I die, that, that's what happens. If I kill him, I'm doing my job. That's what happens. I hope mm -hmm. he goes to a great place because this place is horrible. And if somebody walked into Clara's room and said, you know what? I'm going to show you mercy here. Here's a, here's a morphine shot. This or, or some form to stop your breath and heart so that you can move forward. That intent would be beautiful. But what happened was, you know, I see a dying person. I see my my husband's mother. Nobody's going to know. I'm I'm going to divorce this person. Nobody's going to know. And mm. then she took it. And then that where that's where the pain was because I, I learned this information from Clara herself, listening to this. And then it comes through my body, and then I feel it, and then I go, Oh God, this this should never happen. My job is to go out and find people to make sure if you're doing this to somebody. And on the other side, this is what the end result is. Then that needs to be wiped out with extreme prejudice. That should never happen, ever. Right. That never needs to happen. Right. Yeah, that's um, – it is a moral, ethical, and, and emotional spin, right? Because, again, having seen death up close and see the way okay. – I mean, my grandfather was a very strong – a man all the way up till his death, uh, you know, three weeks before he passed away, he was on his knees playing catch with my son and, you know, it's 70 years old. And, and I just, he got up and winced. And that was the only time I'd ever seen my grandfather show any kind of pain. I had no idea. He was completely racked with cancer. Uh, yes. And he went from that guy to three weeks later, completely unable to walk, go to the bathroom on his own. He failed. And it was, you could, my grandfather's a military man. He was a paratrooper in the 82nd airborne. Uh, okay with with world war ii and my mom knew that night when she was there with my aunt at the hospital uh every other night he said all right i'll see you tomorrow i love you and, and tonight when they said goodbye he goes all right i love you and when they left they're like he didn't say i'll see you tomorrow and then two hours later they called and he yeah. passed i think my grandfather just let that go there there is that aspect of our mortality when we get to a point where we don't want to live in that that way anymore that we can elect and it yes. was interesting that when i told my mom don't hold on for me if you want to hold on for you if you want to stay and you want to fight that's great mom but don't do this for me it's going to hurt and it's going to suck but this isn't how, how you want to live you know it's up to you and and then she was gone in a day so i get that aspect but boy what a yeah a conundrum what a you know and but then to know the intention behind it, or at it, least firmly believe that intention because of past circumstances. Well, yes. And, and well, that's where the psychic comes in. So I, I'm a very gifted remote viewer as well. So my job is I want to not only do I want to talk to Clara, I want to view the situation omnipotently from the third third per, per, third person perspective. I want to see it through her eyes. And then I want to see as a bird on a wall um, back when, you know, whatever these events. So, you know, 
telepathically and energetically, this is what I saw. This corresponds to Clara as well. This corresponds with my master guide. So basically, I set it up as an as an investigation. So in my mind, I have a, a or I use a psychic panel. It's just imagine a board of directors in this big boardroom and you have, you know, your first nations, your native American guides, and then you have Abraham Lincoln. And then you have, you know, JFK and whatever, you know, you might have whoever in there and I pass them back and then they give me information that I can then pursue because then there are living people and living documents that then I can go and then I can exploit as an investigator to make sure that, okay, well, this is, this is correct. If I take a list of 10 things I, I have to prove and I can prove nine of them substantially, then, you know, the tr it's trending positive. And then you can just go through that. Another tough question for you here. Uh, every good medium and, and remote viewer I know will tell me that they have to divorce themselves from situations. And that's why mediums are, are always in crap relationships and everything, because they never can see for themselves. They can't get out of their own ego. When it's you, I don't know you. This is what I have to tell you. I can't be, I, I'm not interfering with my own static thought, but knowing what you know about your mother and your father, how do you delineate between this is what happened because I'm seeing it or this is what I really think happened because my mom sucked. You know, uh, how do you know that you're not projecting that? Um, because that would be an, and I'm not, and I'm not picking on you, Bill. I no, mean, it's, that would be a natural projection to have. It, it's emotional confirmation bias is what you're talking about. So as I go back through and do I, did I have that? Um, and I, to, to say that there isn't any confirmation bias within me would, would be to, would be a lie. But at the same time, I strive very hard for equanimity. And what that means is I am 100% aligned, knowing who I am and using myself as a baseline against whatever energies um, and environments I'm putting myself in. Um, mm -hmm. And and that, that you know, you, there's a whole other conversation about Kundalini awakening and understanding what that means and seeing aspects of, of your shadow, your middle self and your higher self. Think of them as three different cauldrons. You get your higher, your middle, which is the facilitator, and your lower self, which is the animalistic one. It's just understanding how all those work, and then you can put just a, a pinpoint into who that person is, and I know exactly who I am, what I'm supposed to do. Um, mm -hmm. And frankly, it was it was my job to be able to de delineate my personal biases and opinions from doing the right thing, because if I if I didn't do that people would have been killed and like this and is that's what I, right this is and that's what you did thing. right you yep. took you took the information yes. you applied the information and you you tested the hypothesis and out of 10 sticking points you nailed nine of them that shows yes. you you're definitely on the right path yes. you ended up going through with the information and and doing your own investigation and were able to put together what'd you say like a, a 40 page report regarding this entire yes um yes story Great lineup. So after about 18 months since the conception of Clara, um, what I have now right next to me is a it's about 42 pages long and it gives a breakdown of the murder, the evidence. Um, I have death certificates. Um, I found files from 20 years ago that point to these. You know, it was just synchronicity after synchronicity. And it's it's literally something that you have to put your hands on and you look at and you're you're your mouth opens and you go, I can't believe this, this exists. So what I did with that, and then, so the, the gold 
so what she gave me was a red gold stone in my hand. And that is the stone of alchemy. And I knew nothing about crystals, absolutely nothing. I had to go to a crystal shop and I said, hey, spirit came in, put this crystal in my hand. This is what it looks like. Can you tell me what it is? And she said, oh, yeah, that's the stone of alchemy. It's the red gold stone. That's what you're supposed to use to turn lead into gold. And the metaphor there is, you know, I have these skills and now I put this book together and then I found the best investigation agency in the state. And I came in under an alias and I said, hi, my name is Sam Gray. My mother is a serial killer. I have proof of this. I need your help either investigating this or taking this to the FBI. They sat down and they spent probably about 10 hours with me um, at this time. This was earlier this year. And they said, unfortunately, we don't have enough evidence to prosecute this. Um, it's going to take about $50,000 of your own money if you want to hire the legal team. But we got a job for you. And they gave me a job as their in-house psychic medium um, with a background in military and law enforcement as an investigator. Um, so what my job now is I'm recreating the steps in the process that I went to solve the Clara murder. And I'm going out in real world and solving and solving cold case crimes. Um, I have a two for two record. So far, um, we, we found a, a cadaver in the exact place that I said it was earlier this year on Easter. Uh, that should be released soon to the media via the state FBI once that's done. Um, and a, a few other uh, cases where they will come to me as a risk mitigator. So they go, OK, we have this very messy domestic environment where we think there might be homemade um, narcotic analogs and we don't know what these substances are but it's tied in with different aspects of human trafficking and this and that you know what can we expect to go into and what i'll do is i'll give a risk mitigation um, spreadsheet that's like gloves masks you're going to find fentanyl look through the rafters you're going to find this and this and so far i've been able to give them an operations report and they follow it and it and it works and it works there i mean it's going in these rooms and I've proven my worth. They put me to the test. If you're one person in front of a desk of about five retired detectives and, and lieutenants and homicide, they're going to ask you some tough questions and you better, you better be able to prove it on the spot. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I Alicia would, points out that's, that's amazing. You are here for a reason. There's no thank, doubt about that. I, I am. Thank you, Alicia. And, and I really do appreciate that. All right. Now, you did drop a little grenade and then ran away from it on us, so let's go back. Uh, you walked into an investigator's office, uh, dropped the file on there, and said, my mother is a serial killer. How did yes. you leap from my grandmother was killed to my mom's a serial killer? Okay, because the this goes back to Clara's intent. Because I am a facilitator. A medium mm -hmm. is just a social worker, a facilitator, and we do it for the living and the dead and the plants and the animals and God and the devil, everybody. If you're a great medium, you're a great facilitator. That's it. So I came to Claire and I'm like, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best for you. Like, I, I will give you all my resources. What what can I do for you? But what's the big, the biggest thing that I need to do for you? And she goes, to make sure that this person cannot practice medicine and, and steal any more souls or kill people under the guise of helping. So I come in and I say, my mother's a serial killer. Her, her first victim was my grandmother. And here's you know, one, two, three, four, five, the other victims. This is the most evidence on these. This is the leads that you can follow because at the end of the day, the end state is we can't have healers hurting people. 
just like we can't have cops hurting people, just like, you know, we can't have, you know, mediums going out and, and practicing, you know, inappropriate mediumship. It's, it's professionalization. And, and that's what I'm advocating for. Jessica Davenport says, I'm so happy that you're able to help with the cold cases. That's always such a sore spot with me. Thank you. Now, they've brought you in, Pixie. Uh, oh, sorry, I jumped to a different one and bumped it on my way out here. Um, you you help these cases. You're now doing this work you were brought to. Um, your mom's 40-plus years into the medical profession. She hasn't been stopped. Will she? Do you believe she will? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One way or another, herself, death, uh, a prosecutor, uh, a cop that's pulling over a drunk driver. It's going to stop when I have faith. But my job is to be the person that affects the change to stop that, because I, I feel I, I feel very responsible. It is not my burden to carry. But, man, if I can go out and make a dent and that families know because their families are hurting, I, I found them. This, this, and the thesis is the same. This cannot happen, and you have to stop. So, right. so this is what I am going. When we manifest, we 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 speak um, actively. So, this is what I am going to do. I'm going to build a business that has so many resources and so much outreach, and can do so much good that if you have a healer who isn't healing appropriately, that person will be stopped. And and that's my job to do so. Now, with this gift honed and skilled, can you bump into the man on the street and tell, holy sh, this guy killed somebody? I mean, do you see that aspect? Do the dead walk with them? Do you see these five people with your mother? Good question. With with her, yes, I've always known. Um, one of my best friends, he uh, his, uh, his name's Dale, and um, he's a very psychic um, ex-military, ex-law enforcement guy, and, and we had a a good heart to heart about that and soldiers can move souls. So yes, I can see if there is a soldier uh, that did his job and he's killed some people. And a lot of times they hold on to that, but the people that they killed, they go in a previous life. I was a soldier that killed somebody too. We just kind of re, re recycle. And it's, you know, it, it is, I've sat down with a cart cartel member down in El Paso. Um, I, I've probably spent six months with this person in a car behind a desk, um, just doing interviews, working with this person. Um, and, and yes, it, it really, I, what I've found is it, it depends on the, the intent behind the murder. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, are you liking it when you're doing these horrible things or is it your job? And, you know, on, a lot of times it's just, it, it goes under the category is this, unfortunately, this is the situation I'm in and this is what I have to do. And, you know, I, I, I will deal with it whatever way I have to. And, if you know, if I go to hell for it, I go to hell. But I understand I put myself there. And I've spoken to a lot of soldiers about that. But uh, the ones that follow them the most are the murderers that think they can get away with it. And they, and they look at their victims as currency. Souls aren't currency. Souls are, souls are themselves. You can't steal them. Eventually somebody's going to find you. That's what's going to happen. Lena says, Bill, your compassion and empathy are beautiful. Um, Chig jumps in and says, solving cold cases takes such a burden off the families who have no answers. You're right. Uh, have you, have you, I know you said you're two for two. What, what are you going to do if the day comes that they hand you the cold case and there's no answer? You can't um, discern that information. 
That's a good question. Um, uh, so luckily that situation hasn't come up yet. Um, and I, there's been in situations where I say, I, I can feel them. I can't connect with them. I'm sorry. I can't give you information. And what, what usually I, then I have to facilitate as a human. So then I go, okay, for some reason, the information that you want to get, they're not willing to give to you. So there's a, there's a shadow bond between you. If you're a mother and your daughter that got killed or your husband and your wife, which means there's something that's obscuring your view, which is preventing me from seeing. Um, and I've, and I've told him before and I said, I, you know, I, I'll pray for them. I know my, my prayers reach them. I'll put them in my book. I have a distance book where everybody goes in and they're prayed for. Um, and eventually when they see, when they see you, um, you get to ask these questions yourself. Android Purity pops into the chat and says, I cannot imagine the burden that Bill must carry about his mother. How does he cope with that? Um, I love my daughter a whole lot. So I have a three-year-old. She's three and a half. And I never had a dad or never had a mom. Um, and uh, I learned that I'm, I'm a fantastic parent. And my wife is a fantastic mother and, and wife. And I get to watch that. And the way I view it is... I personally, as her father, as my little girl's father, took whatever bull crap you, life can throw at you as a little kid, and I took it all, and I turned it into gold. So, you know, eventually when she grows up, all she has to say is her last name, and, and she knows that she's taken care of. Powerful statements, great thoughts. Bill, I want to thank you very much. I know people are going to ask me um, – how do I reach out to Bill? I've, you know, I've lost somebody. I've got a cold case that I would like him to look at. Is this something that you will do or do you yes. have to get him through uh, an investigative team? No, I, I do not sign any contracts for that specific reason, meaning I am an entity and I, I will take cold cases um, as they come to me and depending on the severity. Uh, I do not have social media for a reason. This was kind of it. Um, and <laughs> so I will give my my email right now, anybody's allowed to email me. Uh, my email is, uh, can you, do you want me to write it down for you, Dave, or just put it out? It just If you just want to go ahead and, and tell everybody what it is, and then I'm going to, this is a live show, I'm going to take the email address and I'll put it in today's program guide so that it's there and you can find it uh, a little bit more easily. Okay. If, you, if you can't find it for some reason, just email me, Dave, at paranormal60.com that's dave at paranormal60.com and tell me you're looking to get in touch with bill hall and i will okay. send you his contact info but go ahead very good it's william dot james j-a-m-e-s dot hall h-a-l-l at protonmail.com i am <clears throat> i am also the redditor sam gray 555 on reddit little admin reveal. I've been talking about this in pieces. So I have some, uh, an email address on Reddit as well with some uh, psychic investigation stuff that I've spoken about. Um, and my job is to give other psychics and anybody resources for free. That's the long, long game here. Um, so where you can see my operating procedures and I can just hand it off to you and you all be great, basically. Bill, thank you for your service, not only to our government, but to the people that need it and to your grandmother for following through and, and doing as you promised to get those answers. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. Folks, life is fascinating. The concept that we are born into this world and that we have a reason to be here. If ever there has been 
someone that speaks to the depression and anxiety that many of us feel. Our guest tonight, Bill Hall, just did that for me. A reminder, we are here for a reason. Sometimes the baggage that we carry, the chains that we forged in this life that were given to us or we inadvertently picked up do not define us as a person. It's what we do moving forward, slogging forth, always moving. And that's what we need to remember as we continue this life, because it is a gift. And make the best of what you have, no matter how hard the circumstances may be. Remember, there's always somebody that's had it just as bad or maybe worse, and they found a way to make it through. I'd like to thank my guest, Bill Hall, tonight for coming forward. And thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on your journey. May the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we share here. And please remember, take care of yourself and take care of the life that you want to have. Because focusing on that, setting the intention to good, is what's going to turn your life around. We'll be back again later on this week. Friday night, you can join me for the Paranormal 60 News, The Devil's Tomb and Hissing Witch Edition with our special correspondent, Paranormal Karen, live in studio with us. And we'll be back again next week with more of the best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and you've been listening to the Paranormal 60. Paranormal 60 is part of the UnX Network. Check out theunxnetwork.com for more information and more fantastic programs.